marijuana recommendation like I did, do what I did. CanacareDocs.com. Compassionate, compliant, and confidential. Go where I went, Mike can, to get my medical recommendation in Massachusetts. CanacareDocs.com. If you're suffering like I am from back pain, or maybe you have MS, post-traumatic stress, seizures, AIDS, cancer, glaucoma. If you're suffering from pain like I am daily, call CanacareDocs.com. It's a much safer way to go. No opiates. You want medical, legal cannabis? CanacareDocs.com. Convenient, Nine Massachusetts locations, Peabody, Quincy, Waltham, Brockton, Stoughton, South Dennis, Cape Cod, Fall River, and Worcester. Also, I forgot, Seekonk, also in the states of Delaware, Connecticut, Rhode Island, Maine, and coming soon to New Hampshire and New York, it's CanacareDocs.com. Get your medical recommendation, get legal, CanacareDocs.com. Welcome, we're live, I think, on Facebook. Uh, Yes, we are. We're the Young Jerks. My name is Mike Crawford. Brian Riccio's here. I Riccio am. back. That's right. What's up? It's allergy season. Okay. Okay, okay. Did you, my, did you hear any of my impressions last week when you were gone? No. Oh, I did a couple impressions at the end of the show of you. Of me? Yes. No, I only listened to the first half. Okay. That, that, that was the good part. The bad part was that Jackie, uh, Jacqueline, who was here last week, was missing you. Oh, I saw her at the Sensi party. She looked fabulous. She was literally the queen of the place. Okay. You're a good kid. She is. And uh, we're the Young Jerks. We're here every Saturday at 6 p.m. Uh, a lot happening today on the state level. You've been watching what's oh, going yeah. on? Oh, yeah. The yep. State House? Yep. Not the State House, but I mean, the, the, convention. the Democratic State Convention in yep. Worcester today. All kinds of fun stuff. Some people were wearing, uh, attending there apparently with Young Jerks t-shirts, which is <laughs> nice to see. Uh, there was also uh, some activity there too, where Josh Jacob got the nod over the incumbent uh, for Secretary of State, Josh Jacob, City Councilor of Boston. You probably heard about his campaign first here on the Young Jerks. Today he got the nom- the nomination from the party. It was a uh, kind of a shocker. He may not win the election, uh, but it shows he definitely has a good shot right now. Oh, he's going to win. He may win. No, he's he may win. win. I'll, I'll put money on it right now. Tom Galvin being an incumbent, that, that there's Bill a lot of power in Galvin. that office. But uh, <laughs> you may be right, Brian. I'm not going to poo-poo you on this. I mean, well, look, winning, the, winning the endorsement of the Democratic State Convention today, that was and Marty big, Walsh. big deal. Yeah, Marty yeah Walsh. and he got Marty Walsh behind him. That's okay. a big deal. Good. So congrats to uh, Josh Jacob. Yes. Our friend. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we get him back on the show. Uh, and also, uh looks like Bob Matt- Massey versus Jay Gonzalez. Jay Gonzalez got the nod from the Democrats. I don't know why. You don't know why? No. I don't know. Bob's a much better candidate. You like Bob I, better? I don't say that because he's been on the show. I'm not sure like about him. this right now. Oh, I don't know. I'm not no, sure. No, I think I think Bob's a practical man who's unlike most of the Bernies. I like that, that Bob's come on the show. His... That that's the one thing I really like. No. I mean, I like Bob too as well. No, but the fact no. he's come on the show helps. I gotta say that. But uh, 
I'm undecided so far. You know, I, I want to see Jay Gonzalez come on this show and, and see where <laughs> what happens there. Think about it. Is it really? It's all really moot at this point. I mean, Charlie Baker's got he's like seventy <laughs> percent. It's true. Yeah. Well, I think that's one of the reasons why uh, maybe the Democrats are looking at Jay Gonzalez, exactly. who can actually win, maybe come into factor on this decision here. Uh, so that's why I'm kind of unsure on it. I do like Bob Massey. I think I think they're both good candidates. We'll see what happens. I don't like the shit that they threw at Bob this week about his about his previous marriage. Okay, some sort of uh, restraining order that got taken out. People were saying it was about violence, and it turned out to be about custody issue. And it's just nonsense. You know, right before the convention, come on, that's some sleazy shit. It is weird. You know, I mean, Bob's a nice guy. Where do you think that came from? You think it came from? Uh... I think it came from probably from one of Gonzalez's uh, really consultants. We have no evidence all over it. We have no evidence of that. I don't. Uh, that sounds like something the Boston Globe would do right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you never know. So I'm looking at Tom. I'm about to slap Tom around. Tom back there. I'm not supposed to, but Tom, first of all, didn't play the ad on the whole Facebook Live. So that's my first pitch. You got to play the whole ad, and you got to get. Oh, play the short version, right? Second thing is instead of doing that, he's oh, he's shutting the door in here, closing us in without AC, and then now he gets up like two minutes later to open the door back up. It's like, hey man, I'm trying. I, I'm trying. I gotta be honest with you. I love you, Tom. You're good, but you gotta be able to handle my criticism too. Can you handle it? I can roll with it. All right, cool. Uh, we're the Unjerks. Six one seven nine zero three seven four six four. We got a lot of other things to uh, discuss as well, but we got a guest right here. As we well. do. We haven't even talked about mm-hmm. it, him or uh, what's going on. Uh, we have a district uh, attorney candidate. He's running for DA. Uh, we've had uh, one of the other candidates that's running against him, uh, State Rep Evandro Cavallo. And uh, there's some good Democrats running, but there's also a Democrat that I don't like as much. So uh, it's good, definitely, uh, no matter where you stand, whether you're a Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, Green Party, to try to talk to as many candidates as you can. This uh this campaign uh, contacted us through our sponsor, actually, Canacare Doctors, where he also is uh, part of their uh, company and, and their mission. He's their attorney. So we're very happy to have him on the show. Michael Maloney running for uh, district attorney as a Republican. As a Republican. Actually, thank you very much for having me. I'm running as an independent. Independent? Oh! I thought you were Repu- They told me you were Republican. Who, Who told, told me- you that, my man? <laughs> First of all, guys, thank you very much. My name is Michael Maloney. That's I funny. really appreciate the introduction. I do. Uh, I represented Canicare Docs for about six years. I'm here to, uh, I want your support, and I'm here to tell you why uh, after the five Democrats face in the primary in September, I will be facing the winner as the only independent in the race. You know, it's funny because maybe they didn't tell me. Now I'm wondering, is it is it Alzheimer's? Am I really, <laughs> Wait, did they it, not tell me it was Republican? Maybe they it, never said it, and I just assumed because I'm. If he's not a Democrat, then is, I don't even, know, is there even a GOP candidate? I don't think. Uh, there is no GOP yeah, candidate, yeah, so, so it'll be you the, versus the Democrats. Maybe that's what I heard that you'll be the only opponent. So I was thinking, well, you know, yeah. I appreciate the opportunity to be here today and make sure the message is straight. Thank you. Yeah, so you're but, definitely going to be on the ballot. You've uh, gathered the signatures, or are you still doing that? No, the signatures have been completed. Actually, I received a confirmation just yesterday that everything has been submitted and. You know, it's, it's a done deal. So, awesome. Yeah, I'm very excited. You know, I've been practicing law for about 10 years, entirely criminal defense. You're right, I've been representing Canicare Docs, and in that capacity, I've represented... Well, that was a huge deal with John Nadolny, Oh, my too, goodness. Right? John Nadolny is an incredible physician. And, you know, uh, he was put in a really, really tight spot. i got to say, some of the uh, higher-level executives at Canicare handled the situation incredibly well. I'm really fortunate to be part of the team, and 
You know, uh, I'm here because I think medical marijuana in part, you know, I'm here to address, most importantly, I'm running as an independent reformer. I'm here because I want to attack the opioid epidemic. I think it speaks for itself, what I've done in the cannabis industry for the past seven and a half years, ever since Article 12 passed, which is what originally decriminalized marijuana. Um, you know, uh, when I look at the opioid and the fentanyl epidemic and what's going on in the state, you know, I, goodwill and certainly good intentions, but the overall protocol and the mechanisms by which the opioid epidemic is being dealt with is simply faulty. You know, cannabis is still being criminalized in the judicial system when people are on probation or on terms of relief when they're suffering from this mental health addiction. Uh, what I'm referring to specifically is the opioid addiction. Right. You know, and cannabis is truly an exit drug. And uh, having supported Canicare docs for the past seven years, you know, I'm in a position where I can use that bigger microphone, so to speak, of the district attorney's office, work directly with probation, and ensure that there's opportunities aside from incarceration for these individuals. I'm guessing you wouldn't uh, be looking at doing any drug testing for medical marijuana uh, for cannabis. Am I correct? For I want probation. I 100% medical marijuana. No, so there would be. Excuse me. There would still be drug testing while people are on probation, but marijuana would not be counted whatsoever. Done deal. Case closed. Because of its legality? No, because it's an exit drug. Okay. And hey, listen, the fact that legality, even better, but it's truly an exit drug. Mm -hmm. um, some of the other you know, issues obviously have been huge right now, especially in this race. You know, it's, it's a seat where an incumbent is leaving the office, so it's a wide open election. And there are a lot of good candidates as well, I think on the Democratic side. Um, what sets you out in, in, in kind of like what, you know, the issues that we, we see a lot here on the show that, you know, we bring folks from different communities and, and, you know, I think it's black lives matter um, about what happens actually in the city of Boston, you know, in some of the communities, what happens to Brown people and black people, where would you kind of stand on that? What can you do about it? 100% in support of criminal justice reform. Uh, aside from the opioid, and again, people say the opioid epidemic, but I actually want to expand it slightly to include the fentanyl, the opioid and fentanyl addiction. But uh, equally important, criminal justice reform, when you talk about minorities, I mean, listen, you know, something that I kind of bring, that I bring definitively that some of the other candidates don't is I've never been a prosecutor. I've been a criminal defense attorney uh, for, like I said, a decade. And truth be told, the reason I got into the industry is because I'm an adrenaline junkie. And, you know, 10 years ago, I really looked at this as an opportunity to, you know, impaneling a jury. It was incredibly exciting. Like having practiced this now for 10 years and having pulled out individuals out of this broken system, one after another after another, and using these technicalities in the law to help truly addicted individuals. I'm not talking violent offenders. I'm not talking gang members with a gun that are shooting up neighborhoods. I'm talking true addicts that don't have an alternative place to go. And really, the, the limit of my ability to help these individuals thus far has been finding the loopholes, the back doors, the exceptions. And again, when I started working with Canicare docs and I started in seeing individuals that were actually being prosecuted for using cannabis while they're trying to break the addiction, you know, it, it drove me crazy and infuriated me. And you know, that actually is essentially what developed in uh, developed in, an incredible relationship between myself and Canicare docs, coming in from this unique criminal defense background. When I'm seeing the, you know. Uh, a broken system. Well, you know, big picture here, Mike, in regards to your, uh, your question specifically, what do I bring in that's a bit different? Again, I've been practicing criminal defense for 10 years. Now, I don't want that to uh, anyone to get the wrong impression. Again, I feel very, very strongly about medical cannabis. But on the flip side of the coin, 
If, if someone is violent or hurting the community or an offender with a gun, I will ruthlessly come after them. But again, the line is being differentiated here between violent offenders and addicts. There needs to be a triage incorporated right from the get-go. When these people are charged in court, we have to see, hey, is there actually a situation right here where, but for their mental health disease, would they actually not be an offender? And you know, there's a lot of opportunities and a lot of plays right here, which the top dogs, so to speak, in Suffolk County can incorporate, and I'm going to do just that. What do you do about this issue comes up a lot now? Kind of the gray market where, you know, we know it's legal. We know we know that dispensaries are legal, but there are a lot of other businesses that aren't aren't still you know aren't yet one hundred percent legal. They should be. It's you know even like the the uh, we talk about this the cannabis yoga. We had Jacqueline on last week. By the way, Mike, I do yoga seven days a week. I'm addicted. I love Bikram. So, <laughs> yeah, sorry to interrupt you. So, but but, but, like those businesses, if the cops try to raid, like you know, her, I don't think they're going to raid her. But she does a cannabis uh, yoga class, mm-hmm. and you know that's not technically legal. And there are caregiver services, even and delivery services. There's all types of scales, people creating edibles. This stuff, a lot of it isn't quite regulated or legal under the CCC because the CCC isn't quite there yet. You know, it's going to take a while. You're talking about the Cannabis Control Commission? Yeah. Well, actually, I just started my application for a dispensary just yesterday, so I am very familiar with the industry. Uh, like I said, I'm... Your I'm, own dispensary? Yes, sir. I filed the, uh, the... The application was released yesterday, June 1st, so I uh, have the application complete. I'm also representing a number of other individuals. Again, in regards to... Now, listen, that's totally legit with the state, okay? Now, I can tell you that... Wait, that, there's no conflict? Between owning a business? No, if you say if you get elected. Uh, Listen, I'm I'm disclosing everything. I have nothing to hide here, but I am also being very abundantly crystal clear here. Mm -hmm. I am in total support of the industry. Now, listen, I can also tell you that I own a CBD company, CBD Thera. Now, I say that again because when people are breaking this addiction, going from the full plant, the full spectrum, to, you know, having a CBD instead of getting high. Again, I realize the stereotype that still comes along with the plant, but I double down on my support of the medical benefits derived from it. Now that said, in regard, Mike, you asked me specifically about these gray industries. What, what, yeah, what happens when the cops bust them? Like you, you Listen, prosecute I, them. I what? can't control the, the, the police outside of Suffolk County, but what I can tell you that when I'm district attorney, we certainly will not be uh, charging anyone with class D offenses. And just for clarity, I don't know if, just so some of your listeners may not be, uh, A, you know, loosely defined is nine times out of 10, it's heroin. Class B, cocaine. There's obviously some exceptions, other categories in here. Uh, Class C is actually, you talk about some issues in the in the market let me if i may just yeah definitely to an aside uh class c is nine times out of ten it's psilocybin etc magic mushrooms mm. but it's also cannabis and what i mean specifically here certain is types right it's the not well here let me just yeah you know the big ahead. picture here it's the non-flower form of cannabis oils exactly dabs now listen as a medical marijuana patient myself i can tell you you go into any of these dispensaries around town or throughout the state they're selling both class c and class d and now they, they get out now let's say at you as a patient or, you know, forget about me. Let's say a minority, as a patient, goes into a dispensary with a, with a card issued by the Department of Public Health, legitimately registered with the state. They go into a dispensary, and they use their cash, their limited cash, because a lot of individuals with low income, they don't have access to the same credit or debit card system. They go into the dispensary. They walk out. What do they have? They have Class C. Again, went through the state, acquired it through the state. But... Now, all of a sudden, they can be charged with Class C. And Class C, I can tell you, is not protected by the medical marijuana statute. Mm. So, again, Article 12, which essentially put these whole wheels in motion, so to speak, only covers Class D. Now, I don't really want to go down that rabbit hole too much, but I I, I want to 
uh, essentially reiterate the point that I'm fully aware of the issues in regards to the gray right. zones. Right. And in Suffolk County, we're not going to be prosecuting Class D. It's right. just not going to be. Good. It's not going to happen. And I say that because Jesus, there's a uh, gun issues. There's violence exactly. issues. One hundred percent of our efforts, time, and resources are going to be hunting down the violent offenders. How do you do that? Because there are a lot of unsolved murders, a lot of unsolved, huge amount of unsolved shootings in this district. How do you kind of? Well, actually, I know Suffolk County. You know, I do want to say that Dan Conley has done a a very good job in regards to the the cold case unit. I know they had some uh, recent convictions. And, you know, listen, there's not going to be any uh, black letter answer, any blanket answer here that's going to solve all the problems. But what I can tell you is that there is access to money that can be reallocated. One, for example, is using the resources that have been used to prosecute cannabis and lower level offenses. Or I wouldn't even take that up a level if you want to go into class A and class B, not prosecuting class A and class B offenses where they're truly addicts. I'm not talking about the individuals no, pushing definitely. on kids, but the true addicts. That are you like, selling it to you to use it. I mean, that's that's classic. Everyone knows that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not. Mark, do you know it costs over $44,000 a year to incarcerate someone in Massachusetts? Absolutely. And what happens when that individual gets out of the house of correction or prison or jail? They go right whatever? back usually. Well, because at that point, they a, a lot of times, <clears throat> They may have lost their kids. They may have lost their wife. Future prospects. Their future prospects. I mean, it's hard to find a place to live in Mass if you have perfect record. Like, just expensive. Now, if you don't, never mind. You know, find a job. It's jobs are getting easier. Thank God, the economy is starting to get better. But for someone with a record, it's a nightmare. Out of jail, it's It's a nightmare. So, how does that actually affect the, the the? their mental state. You talk about an individual who is already in dire circumstances, which is how they ended up on, uh, no one wants to be an addict. No one wants to be an addict. Let's say one more time, no one wants to be an addict. And now these individuals, when they're you know, at, at the last rung, and they get, they get a sentence, they come back out, I mean, listen, the system is set up where it's just gonna, the recidivism rate is, it's too high. It's astounding. It's, it, it needs to be adjusted. And again, this is through no ma- ill will or malicious intent. It's through a broken system. Now, money that's used to prosecute these addicts, we, we double down our investment on doing triage. And I, I use triage very loosely, but if they were at a hospital, right, and they were having a heart attack or a seizure, they'd be triaged so they can go through the appropriate protocol. Well, in the legal system, we don't have that. You know, what we have are something called Section 12, Section 15, or Section 35. And now I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole, but what that loosely means is if they are an addict of substance X, Y, or Z, or alcohol, and they're in a state of diminished capacity, they can go into a, a, a rehab unit. But now, listen, on paper that sounds really great, but you know how this actually plays out, Mike? Guys, what actually happens here is they go in for about 72 hours into a, a, a broken facility, and then they're kicked right back out three days later. And now the open case that they have, rather than receiving treatment for the illness, you can't solve the problem until you can adequately and correctly identify the issue. And it still hasn't been done at the highest levels. So we take that money, we, re- we reallocate the money being used to prosecute these individuals, to treat these individuals. That's how we do it. Now listen, are you ever going to be able to remove all the violence? Absolutely not. But you draw a line between the offenders that you can help, the offenders that are really mentally not mental, the, the, the individuals with a mental health or disease that are begging for help. And there's such a, a stigma around them right now that rather than give them help, we give them, we incarcerate them. It's crazy. It's out of control. And it's not going to happen on my watch. You know, one thing I've uh, noticed recently, it's been brought to my attention through the internet like people do. But uh, if you look back, you know, especially if you're my age or older, especially, 
you look back at how things have changed, society has changed in some respects, like how we treat people who have, uh, let's say, mentally retarded. They've come a long way. Like they, they used to be locked away and not right, treated so well and abused. Wow. Now they've been, uh, you know, everything's good. Like, you know, they got best buddies this weekend with Tom Brady. Is that this weekend? Well, it was this weekend. I, I think it's going on today, actually. Oh, no. But nice. uh, it, that's a big thing, you know, like that is the new way. They're, they're mainstream. They're they're put in the classroom. Everything's good. But when you have mental health issues, it's still the same. It's actually worse. They've they basically cut everything. They you used are to be, stigmatized. Yeah, you stigmatize with no help, no funding, not nothing. It's shame. People don't want to talk about it. It's still the issue. Even worse than it was, you know, like when they used to have uh, Danvers State where they used to send people. It's worse than back then. You know, they they said when we deinstitutionalize people, well, we just set them in the street, and, and this is what we do to them, uh, especially when they get caught up in some drugs. We throw them in jail, and, and it makes money for the system that way instead of actually spending money on them and, like you said, destigmatizing. I'm happy you're here to talk about all this today. Well, I appreciate you having me as an independent here today, Mike. Independent, that's right. <laughs> i got to make sure you're not a Republican. That's huge, huge news to know. I'm glad glad you corrected me right away on that one. Um, now, you have a website. Where, where can people find out more information about your campaign? Uh, DASuffolkCounty.com. Wow, that's a big one. DASuffolkCounty.com. That's correct. Yep. It was actually uh, made live about, it should, it actually, I think it was at 7 o'clock this evening. So Perfect. Should be now. Like pretty, pretty Should be in about a half hour. Yeah. Absolutely. So yep. it will be live in a half hour. DASuffolkCounty.com. Uh, we're talking to Michael Maloney, who's running for that office. Uh, it's going to be an open seat. So you're going to be in the ballot in November, is that correct? Is that when this election is? Correct. It's the midterm election. So again, there's no GOP candidates. It's I'm going to be facing one-on-one the winner of the Democratic primary. And as you're aware, there are five candidates right now vying for that spot. That's going to be very exciting. It's going to be interesting. Huh, Brian? What do you- no, I, 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 I'm, I'm just curious. Because now, now we have a candidate, even if like uh, Henning wins, the guy that I don't want to see win, if he wins the Democratic primary, it's like, yeah, we have someone till the end that we can root for. Well, you know, I really appreciate you saying that. And again, yeah. I know you had Evandro over here, and I know he, some of the like incredible that. things he's done for And there's the some state. other people that haven't come in yet, too, on the Democratic side that I like as well. Uh, you know, I, I'm always happy when there's several good candidates. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to a good fight. I, that's that's for sure. And you'll I, be there in the end. That's that's the fun part. Like, I love that. You're running as an independent. I'm just wondering, you have the same progressive values as the, some Democrats. You know, Why aren't you running as a Democrat? There you go. Why am I not running as a Democrat? Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, when I was a kid, I was registered as a Democrat. I, I kid, you know, 18 through 20, late 20. Um, as I, when I was... Uh, you know, years later, uh, when I was living in the suburbs, I was a registered Republican for a brief period of time. But truthfully, I, you know, I became a little bit disheartened with both sides. Some of the, you know, I, I don't want to sound so cliche, but come on, guys, what's I going on? I feel the on? same way. You know, I'm, that's why I'm like nonpartisan. I, you know, I, I, well, so I'm nonpartisan. Issues. But I think there's some I, really. Listen, I think there's some uh, great facets and tenets of the Democratic Party. And you know, truthfully, I subscribe to most of the socially. Liberal and again, what I've done in the marijuana industry, I would challenge anyone to say they've you know played this as significant a role. Uh, but on the Republican side, you know, um, it's not without its issues. But let's not pretend, guys, that ultimately you know the system has to make sense from a, a financial standpoint, or else it's not going to go the distance, right? And so there are some incredibly important attributes from the Republican side. You know, truth be told, I could uh, I, I've kind of dabbled with the Libertarian Party. But, you know, it's kind of ironic here, guys. Me I was too. A, 
But, yeah. I, but now I hate them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Listen, it goes it goes back and forth. But again, yeah. I'm an independent here. But let me actually tell you what I found really striking is I was invited to uh, the first couple of debates. And then when they found out I was an independent, the uh, the invitation was subsequently withdrawn. The libertarians oh. did that? No, the Democrats. Oh, did Democrats. That. Oh, okay. The first few debates. Yeah. So I was a little bit uh, disheartened. Also, oh, in other they words, because games. you had a history, there was a lot of games being played. We know about it. We know about because when I was we, Republican. When we well, and because I was registered as an independent. Excuse yeah. me, independent, and not actually a registered Democrat. They right. said no, they wouldn't invite me. Yep. Okay. Uh, you you're getting some compliments online too. Look, uh, checking in on our Facebook Live right now. Uh, the wife of John Nadoli, who's our friend of our show, oh, Cheryl, Cheryl. Cheryl uh, Nadoli wrote, uh, Mike was the only lawyer through that whole ordeal who took the time to actually explain things to us. Forever grateful. Love. Thank you, Mike Maloney. Oh, uh, Cheryl, thank you so much. I tell you, that family, you know, uh, we've had each other's back. You know, the, the, the John is a great guy and he's got an incredible wife. He is. Yeah. A, he's a good doctor too. Oh, that's an understatement. He's that's the only doctor ever talk. Almost talked me out of smoking cigarettes. Yeah, you know, and he was a doctor that stood up when the system was entire. You, you know, you talk about the system. Him. I love the guy. He's the guy, amazing. He stood he's a good up. guy. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, he, and he fought them uh, the injustice that happened to him, and he was vindicated. So thank you. At Michael. the end of the day, you know, I was happy to be well, part not of that fully team. Yet, right? Yeah, he's been vindicated. He's oh, I thought he, they were keeping an eye on him at the at the eh, hospital. Yeah, whatever it is, well, I don't know. We it's won at the done. end of the day. Yeah, okay. We did yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. It's in the end of the day. That, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just I would want I don't want to hear anything. You know, I want to be free and clear. Six one seven nine zero three seven four six four is our phone number. I can look at the screen now, Brian. I don't have to look at the look at. Oh, that's right. You don't have to look at the desk anymore. Yeah, well, I think I memorized it. Nine zero three seven four six four. I finally memorized <laughs> the new number after what. A year? How long have we been here now? Almost no. Wait. You don't know. You October? actually you do know. You were October. You, yeah, you were here right. for the move. Yeah. Yeah. Moved here in July. July. July last year. Yeah. So it's been almost a year. Wow. wow. Ten, eleven months. We've been doing this show now for about four years. Uh, one of the things we're going to be doing too, just to let our audience know, is uh, we're, we're working <laughs> with uh, a professional video producer who's going to uh, put together a, a nice kind of. Uh, <laughs> compilation of some of our best bits and some of the things you've probably heard on here with like Tito Jackson and some of the other elected officials and it's going to kind of highlight uh, the, the last four years so really excited on that and the reason we're doing that is because of you people giving us money on Patreon uh, patreon.com slash the young jerks if you want to support what we're doing uh, to push it to more people uh, we're very happy Michael Maloney's here he's running for District Attorney of Suffolk County. Uh, he's an independent, not a libert- uh, not not a Republican, <laughs> not a libertarian, not a Democrat. He's independent. He's going to be on the ballot. Uh, what, what do you know? The is it November? I believe it's November sixth. Six. It always changes. Sometimes it's the fourth, the eighth. I'm pretty confident it's the sixth, but you know, don't quote me on that one just yet. It's the first Tuesday. It's in first November. Tuesday. November. What that is? Look at that. Look at that on your calendar in November. Um, but uh, he's going to be on the ballot. And there's actually, you can register to vote on the website as well. And again, that'll be available at 7 p.m. dasuffolkcounty.com. And Mike, you're, you're absolutely, um, thank you. Appreciate awesome. It. And you're going to have like a Facebook page and all that stuff? Yeah, there? absolutely. So I got into the campaign a little bit later than the other individuals. Uh, so, you know, to be totally candid, like I said, I received uh, confirmation from City Hall uh, just yesterday. Fr- excuse awesome. me. Yeah, just, just so yesterday. It's kind of like almost announcing the campaign today. Because, I mean, as an independent, you don't have to be so early like they are because they have a primary they have a primary you don't 
I don't. I don't. So this is kind of like the, the coming out party almost? I would. That, Mike, this is the coming out party. Wow. You know? Pretty Guys, cool. thanks for having Pretty, me. Wow. wow. <laughs> hey, look at okay. this. Is, we're lucky today. And I got to tell you, I'm thrilled to announce my candidacy formally here. Uh, with the Young Jerks what? for Suffolk County and District Attorney. you're on the ballot. You collected the signatures. This is great. The financial statement's been submitted. It's all done. That's right. That's right. And uh, people, if they want to contribute, they can do so as well? Yeah, again, that's, that, that website is dasuffolkcounty.com. They can contribute to the campaign. Again, we're in, I'm an independent, so I'm not uh, privy to the Democrats or the Republican bases that are, you know, suffice to say, very savvy at generating significant amounts of revenue. Another issue that comes up... Um, you know, I see it's some push for it. I think it ha- they've been doing this in some other, maybe a Scandinavian country, but it comes up. And I know uh, William Brownsberger and some of the other folks at the state house were looking at it. Nothing's passed, but it's this issue that people get feed to death. Uh, they get they get these fees and fines and parking tickets, and they can't pay because they don't make as much as other folks. Where a millionaire, he doesn't care if he gets a five hundred dollar ticket. But a $500 ticket for a mom with two kids, you know, on a limited income or maybe, you know, on uh, some benefits, they, they have a hard time paying that. And then they kind of end up in jail over uh, low-dollar fines and fees. How, is there anything you could do in that office? There's always something you can do, and there's always a solution. You know, it may not be the perfect solution, but, yeah, let me tell you right now. And first of all, I, I get it. You know, uh, people with money say, oh, it's no big deal if you have if you only have to pay this amount of dollars to make your problem go away. That's uh, that's a person with money's problem and it's not realistic and it doesn't accomplish anything. But I can tell you that oftentimes in the judicial system, what happens is uh, an individual, for example, let's use that same minority in in Roxbury or Dorchester that has legitimate legitimate amount of cannabis or, you know, uh, they leave. Uh, a dispenser, they leave any sort of facility, a caregiver's location. Now they have, let's say, $800 on their person and they don't have credit card and they get paid in cash every other week because maybe they're working under the table. Legitimate job, but underneath the table. Now they take that cash and they have their their product and now uh, if they get pulled over, they get searched. And the cash that they have on their person Oftentimes, that falls into something called a civil forfeiture yeah. fund. Mm-hmm. All right? Now, I, I don't want to get too far off topic in regards to the fines, but I think these two hit each other right on the head. No, no. Because no. a lot of times now, this individual that doesn't have access to liquidity anyway, now they t- have their money, which they work two, three, four weeks for, and that's everything that they have to take care of their family. That money's taken. And now they're charged, even when they may otherwise be in a legitimate situation, again, with this Class C exception that we talked about before. Now, they're charged. Now, or an addict is charged, and the case is dismissed upon a $1,000 court cost or a $500 court cost. Now, literally, that individual shouldn't have been charged in the first place, right? And they also, that money was confiscated. And now they don't have that money to actually use it. Listen, uh, the, the problem perpetuates itself. Again, we're talking about issues in the system. So what can you do? A lot of times the district, well, every single time the district attorney has a major say in, as, in regards to what is the condition of a dismissal or what is the condition of something we call a continuance without a finding, which is a formal admission to some sort of allegation. Or the guilty, you know, we're talking about probation, but the district attorney always has the ability to tell their assistant district attorneys, the prosecutors working underneath them, don't get the $500 or don't get the $100 on someone that's truly an addict because... Again, you're feeding the cycle. That's not how you solve the problem. That's how you, you seek a prosecution in a system that doesn't go anywhere but spiral down. Excellent. Jeez, uh, I, I wonder if I should worry about that. I'm a dog walker. I collect uh, <laughs> cash. 
and build it up so I can go to the dispensary with my cash. And now I'm like, oh my God, I did have a lot of cash on me today. It's uh, funny, right? I mean, do you do the same thing, Ryan? No. You never have cash? You use the card never. when you go to the dispensary? I use my Apple Pay for everything. Oh, Apple Pay. Okay. See, I got to get with it. Yeah, my brother yeah. was telling me to do his Apple Pay See, earlier today. You know I'm still what? behind the curve. I'm yeah, I, I just, I'm on the cash thing. Is that is that the same thing? No, I thought cash was Apple, no? no. I don't even know. What's a yeah. cash app? I don't know. Yeah, you don't oh, know. Oh, Venmo, I think. Is the cash. Oh, no, Venmo's Venmo a different time. one. I don't know. I don't like Venmo. I can't keep up. Venmo shows too much air Wait, I wanted to ask Michael. Let me ask a question. Where are you on... Say, I hear you saying that you you have a lot of uh, compassion, say, for the individual user who gets caught up in the system. Mm -hmm. Where are you on, say, mandatory min minimums for traffickers? Uh, excellent question. Excellent yeah. question. Now, trafficking actually comes in different ways. So, listen, you, you have true traffickers over two hundred grams. Then you have a. a sub let me let me back up this just one second. You have trafficking, and then within the trafficking allegation. You have a number of different subcategories, 18 grams and over, 36 grams and over, 100 grams and over, 200 grams and over. And now each subset has a higher, as you might imagine, minimum mandatory. Now, listen, I'm not going to pretend this is a blanket statement right here, yep. but nine times out of 10, someone that has 18 grams, I, I, I see this all the time. I've been practicing criminal defense so long. I wish I don't see the situation anymore, but every day, 18 grams, I mean, you're talking about the equivalent of a couple of sugar packets. And now... What may be personal use for that individual, because I have had some, I've represented so many addicts that have been so far down, so deep, so hooked, that they would have 40, 50, 60 grams, and it would be personal use. It would last them two and a half days, not even. You know, so when I see individuals, you know, uh, and I've represented, I've been in a situation more times, than I've seen families ripped apart from trafficking situations. But I can also say that there are individuals who can still be salvaged that are charged with trafficking. And for example, they may be charged with trafficking over 36 grams where they're facing a minimum mandatory, but then all of a sudden the prosecutor offers them a deal. Hey, you know what? We'll cut it down to prosecuting, uh, charging you with 18 in, uh, or higher. And now all of a sudden they're in a situation where they kind of drop the top number and they're only facing three and a half, but Jesus, they truly are only guilty of possession because it's, they're using it to self-medicate. They're using it because they are desperately hooked. So in short, to answer your question, minimum mandatories, listen, if you're talking about over 200 grams, the true traffickers, the guys that are pushing this onto kids and perpetuating the problem, then yeah, absolutely, I support it. All right, 110%. But trafficking does not mean what the majority of individuals that hear it truly means. If you, if I see an individual charge, and again, this goes back to why I was talking about triaging every single individual. Every single defendant that comes through the pipeline needs to be determined, listen, is this truly a trafficker or is this someone that is desperately hooked? Because if we don't solve the problem, they're going to go to jail, they're going to come right out, and they're going to be 10 times worse. You don't get better in jail and it doesn't solve the problem unless you are violent. That's, that's the exception here. When you're talking about traffickers that have over 36 grams or over 18 grams, but don't have any indication of being a violent uh, individual, no preponderance for uh, criminal activity, nothing. Guys, I, I've seen individuals pick up charges. No, no record. No record. Whatsoever. I'm not talking you know, a couple of dismissals here and there. Nothing. And they go from picking up one charge to literally over 40 charges in three days. You know, sometimes in three weeks. But my, 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 my point here is that you have individuals that are so broken, so desperate, they're out of their mind, and they're going around, you know, repeating the same behavior. You break the behavior, and you can still help these individuals. And I got to tell you, as a criminal defense attorney, 
I've been practicing long enough, and I actually start some pretty serious trials next week as well, that the adrenaline is not really what it once was. You know, that, that was a great ride while I, uh, while I had it. But like anything, you do anything long enough, and it's no longer the same rush that it once was. Uh, I'm doing this now because I, you know, there are these individuals that I can see that, Jesus, if you can twist this, get them out, find this loophole, push it, push it, push it. This individual can still be salvaged. This individual can still turn a corner. And, you know, one of my favorite aspects of the job is I have clients come in, and they'll go, 212. That's it. That's how they greet me. 72. 15. It's a number of days that they've, they've been sober. sober. Wow. They'll send me a text message. They'll walk in my office. I'll get an email. Not even if it's a subject line. Just a number. That you know. It's one of my favorite doing? aspects That's of this great. job. That's great. Uh, people are commenting, too. Uh, Lisa Hayes said, thank you. For asking about criminal justice reform, we need restore, restorative justice. I also want to ask you a couple other questions, Michael. Uh, one, one confidential informant always comes up with uh, folks that I've you know talked to in the past, and even on the national, even even locally right now, there's an FBI uh, type case against uh, some gangsters about a murder that happened a long time ago, and you know the whole thing's going to come down to whether or not we can trust. These other gangsters who were killers as well, who are now confidential informants, you know, it's become so much with these big cases about the confidential informants, and there's been a lot of abuse. And we've seen it with Whitey Bulger, and, you know, I see it a lot of times on the local level. You know, some friends that I know, they were set up by a confidential informant, and, and uh, the confidential informant said they sold drugs to this, this person on three different occasions, but that person was fighting for their life in a hospital in Boston hundreds of miles away and they got beat the case because the confidential informant had lied they had never even met and the confidential informant turned out to be a child molester on top of it you know these things are happening a lot of abuse with confidential informants and sometimes they're setting up innocent people and sometimes they're guilty people they're setting up but I just wonder what what where would you stand on the use because it is important in a lot of ways to get to solve real crime, but there's abuse. So how do you how do you make sure that uh, the abuse kind of goes away with CIs? Well, let me start off by saying that the confidential informants are an absolute necessity for law enforcement. I'm not pretending they're not without issues, and there's a lot of issues. We can definitely talk about each one individually. But let me say, I, confidential informants are certainly necessary. If we're going to go after the top-level traffickers, then we absolutely need CIs. And this actually goes into another issue facing the Suffolk, the district attorney, not just Suffolk, but every district attorney's office, is that individuals, because they don't know who they can trust, you know, oftentimes are very hesitant about working with law enforcement for you know, they're concerned about retribution to them or their family. And legitimately, again, these are not the type of problems that individuals with money deal with. But let's not have our eyes closed and pretend that's not going on in Suffolk County right now, because that's probably the most difficult variable facing the district attorney's office right now. And again, that's not Suffolk County. That's the entire state. Individuals are scared, so they don't come forward to work with law enforcement. Now, that's one of the reasons that confidential informants are necessary. So the public still will work with them. So the public will still work with law enforcement. Now, how do you balance, you know, a lot of times what these CIs say is total crap. Yeah, sometimes they're criminal, the worst criminals. They're criminals. Sometimes they're whitey bulger. And sometimes they're leveraging the, the, the information, sometimes fake, to try to get themselves out of a situation that is... Joe Baboza. In their best Joe, interest. Joe Baboza did that, like, way back in the day, like, right from the beginning in Boston. He was a killer, and he, he 
put some men in jail that didn't commit the murders and the men got out after 30 something years i mean it's it's always been an issue um well i think this also what can you do about it like what can you do as a da where you know the cops are kind of on their own it seems like is there any guidelines or is there any kind of checks and balances that you can have from the office at DA? Well, a lot of times I can tell you, actually I'm dealing with a number of these cases right now, and a lot of times what happens is defense attorney, myself included, will actually file motions for uh, you know information regarding who the CI actually is. So there are certain protocol and procedures, and you know, if those procedures are dealt with appropriately, and if the judge makes a determination that you, know, you check one, it's actually a three-prong approach, uh, and provided that the prongs are addressed, then actually the CI's name has to come forward. Now, I tell you what happens in reality. When the defense attorney reaches that burden, the case goes away very quickly. Mm. That, so, you know, that, how do you deal with it from a prosecutor standpoint? How do you ensure that the uh, veracity of confidential informants is what is legit? Well, truthfully, Mike, I, I don't want to have false expectations and tell you that problem can be solved outright. But what I can tell you is that uh, that really goes down to community involvement. You know, being incredibly involved with law enforcement. Listen, there's good apples, there's bad apples. The overwhelming majority of police are good guys. The over, you know, the overwhelming majority. Now, that's not to pretend that you know there's the occasional bad apple. I, I understand that, but having direct involvement with law enforcement, going down to the headquarters, knowing who's who, shaking hands, so they know me and I know them. But not just that; it's actually having additional involvement in the community itself, reaching out to community leaders, the individuals that. You know, are the unofficial leaders and uh, recognized experts in different parts of Dorchester, Roxbury, etc. And what about uh, you mentioned good police and bad police when there are bad police? What, what's your stance on that? Because that's also always kind of uh, a concern for certain neighborhoods where they feel like the police get away with almost murder, or literally murder in some cases. You know, what are you going to do about that? Because you also have to work with the police. It's a listen. It's a anyone tough that anyone that violates the law needs to be held fully accountable. No questions asked. I, I mean, that's how I would deal with it. And, you know, no no one's protected because of you know some false expectation of security because of a, a badge, a shirt, a hat, a suit, a, a, you know, a doctor's vest. No one's protected because of money. If they violate the law, that's it. They got they're, they're being prosecuted. Now, body cams has come up uh, as a big issue in the city of Boston. It looks like they, they're going to go forward with them, hopefully with the additional funding, but it's not I a support definite. body cams. You support it? I, I do. You know, I think it's necessary. Uh, police are going into some of the most troublesome, challenging, dangerous situations in, in, the, in the country. You know, when they're, when, when they're going into it, when they don't know what's behind the door when they're knocking. You know, I think it's incredibly important for their own protection, but also to ensure that the law is not violated. And if anyone does color outside the lines, that there's a video, uh, you know, there's a biography of what exactly happened. I want to ask another question about police. Uh, Please. Police officers we know. I, I've grown up with guys that are cops now, and a lot of them are good guys, right? You know, you know. I'm not, a, I'm not, I don't hate police. I don't love police. I'm just, I'm a citizen. Okay. Like most people. So we have our criticisms, you know, we have our, uh, you know, we thank them at times, but, uh, I just, the big thing for me is, you know, I wonder, uh, you know, they use, they use, uh, alcohol. A lot of them, some of them actually use other illegal drugs like steroids. Uh, should they be allowed to use medical cannabis? And are they right now? And uh, would you be okay with Boston police and all the police departments in your district to allow 
police officers to even use recreational cannabis because I think they should be allowed to. Well, ultimately, that would be a decision for the police off, commission. Off, off, you know, off. What off is my hours. personal opinion? Yeah. Uh, absolutely, I think alcohol is a thousand times more dangerous than marijuana. Uh, absolutely, I think you know if you are. Listen, I, I again, I don't think many people are going to be strong. A lot opponents. of people are afraid of that. Like the reefer matter, like, yo, you're going to have stone cops coming to your house. And this is like, you know, something they use against us. But in reality, in a real world, I'd rather have police using cannabis off hours. I'm not talking about on the job. I'm not, I don't want a police officer to show up drunk. I don't want him to show up smoking a joint. You know, he shouldn't even be smoking a cigarette on duty, really. Like some of these cops do, but. You know, they shouldn't be using anything while they're on the job. And I'm talking about after hours. I'd rather see them uh, smoking some cannabis or taking some brownies, cannabis brownies over smoking cigarettes or, or alcohol just for their health. You know, I'm a big uh, uh, advocate for LEAP, law enf- enforcement against prohibition. And I got to tell you, actually, I have this just on a, a brief aside, if I may tell you, Mike, I have this uh, really cool frame, Kevin Kafka, the former, the owner of Canacare. We got each other, we exchanged gifts years ago. And essentially what it is, it's uh, documents from the 20s. And what they are is uh, medical prescriptions for alcohol during the 20s that enabled individuals to get medical alcohol. I think the irony of what's going on right now, just it, it's screaming oh, yeah. out loud. That now, was during Prohibition. That's during Prohibition. Did, yeah. Medical certificates for medical uh, uh, for alcohol. alcohol. Just kind of funny, right? Because, hey, one drink is good for your heart. <laughs> right? Well, listen, one drink is good for your heart, but I think um, the, the benefits of cannabis are 10 times greater than the benefits of alcohol. So, listen, you know, you, again, what, I've been involved in this industry for, you know, since... Article 12, you're not going to find a stronger advocate for cannabis in any of the, the med- medical, recreational, uh, dealing with the, the gray areas. We're simply not going to prosecute uh, violentless forms of possession when this money can be. There are so many bigger problems, so many bigger problems. Yeah, I think uh, cops should absolutely be allowed to use Well, it's it. obvious if you're going into the dispensary business that you have. <laughs> well, you know, listen, I'm a businessman at heart, right? Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Can we ask you about more about your dispensary? Please. Like where is it going to be? What, we, Brockton. The, where? Brockton. Oh, Brockton. Wow. Yeah. What's so the again, name that, the, no, Go right up against it. Good help, huh? No, uh, well, that's a medical dispensary. You're going oh, rec- oh, this is rec? You're going rec only? This is rec. Oh. Yeah. So the recreational dispensary is actually broken down into a few different categories. Retail, cultivation, delivery, etc. They actually just said yesterday that the decisions aren't going to be released until July 1st. Uh. Okay. So listen, you know, let me also tell you briefly, if I may, I, you know, I, I've been, like I said, I've been practicing criminal defense for a long time. I've done a lot of uh, life sentence felonies. I think my background for, speaks for itself in that regard. But, you know, the district attorney's office is not just about law. I mean, you're going to be responsible for a staff of over 250 attorneys, never mind the administrative staff, which is probably going to get closer to 400. By way of background, a little bit about myself. You know, a serial entrepreneur. I have my own law practice. I actually currently employ a number of former addicts. Uh, who have broken the vice grip of addiction, and they add con- you know, incredible value to my criminal defense practice. And i got to tell you, they relate really well to a lot of the individuals going through the same predicament right now. But aside from that, uh, along with Kevin Kafka, who I referenced briefly earlier, uh, I was one of the principals of Canacare itself. We built the company from the ground up. You know, when, I, when we sold it in December, we had over 180 individuals. Now, I did that during Article 12, when banks wouldn't work with me, wait, when wait. credit cards wouldn't work with me. You know, that was from 2013, right after Article 12 passed. Now, we built that company, the two of us, from the ground up, and we sold it in December when we had over 180 individuals. To who? Uh, we sold it to a, a technology company in Toronto, NBC. They're running actually a sale platform right now, which is currently being used and incorporated between, between the dispensaries and the medical marijuana dispensaries themselves. So actually, this way, um, 
Are you familiar with the prescription monitoring program? You can yes. track, uh -huh. well, SAIL is essentially the equivalent. Now it's the program being developed, so actually you can see what strains of marijuana they are using, they being the patients. And as a result of seeing the strains themselves, you can see a decline in the opioids or the benzos that you're using. So it actually combines the prescription monitoring program with the cannabis platform. It's actually pretty, it's a great, it's a great program. It's still, like I said, it's brand new. It's new to the marketplace, but there's a lot going on. So again, I don't want to get to uh, reference too much about Canicare, but that's one of the companies that I... Uh, well, I've actually used your other product. CBD myself. Thera. Yes. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Yes. You know, and uh, CBD Thera right now, uh, we have uh, eight employees. Business is doing very well. Um, you know, I, I say this not to brag, but to mention, you know, uh, to show you that I, I understand the difficulties of running a large organization. Jesus, I've, I've built them. Um, I understand the difficulties and the emotional component that goes into... Uh, murder cases, rape cases, armed robbery cases, gunshot cases. I understand the dynamic dealing with victims, with perpetrators. And I'm here because I see the opioid epidemic. And again, I'm going to expand that to include fentanyl with criminal justice reform being too much. What major. about meth? Listen, I mean, I, I, I treat addiction as an overall okay. entity that has to... I just say it because meth... Oh, okay. I've, I've had a number of meth... Uh, you know, uh, so you cases, use it as a blanket. It's a blanket. Okay. I just you don't okay. see it as it. frequently as some of the other situations, especially around here. Yeah, but you, we we've seen it. That's yeah, why well, he's yeah. bringing it up. Well, <laughs> I've had a few cases too. Yeah. You just kind of caught me off guard when you said it because not many people. Uh, that's bring not the that typical response, right? <laughs> right? I mean, everyone's talking about opiates right now. Yeah. And all. Well, let me stop but you for a second. There's a meth issue too. I, I just want to ask you: Would you consider implementing the Angel Program Same in more, Suffolk please. County? You know the Angel Program in Gloucester. You know the one, the Gloucester PD, where the where you could just walk in, and uh, if you had paraphernalia or anything on you, they wouldn't arrest you. They take your right to you would be taken to a hospital and paired with with someone that they described as an angel. In other words, there'd be no judgment from the police. They would take you right to rehab. Let me let me start off by saying I'm not familiar with that program. Oh, you Gloucester, should look it up. It's awesome. But I can tell you uh, what you just relayed to me absolutely 110. percent If they're coming in asking for help, we are going to give them help, no questions. Well, I'm 110%. just I'm just saying, given the current, you know, say the BPD and their let's just say not so liberal attitudes. Mm. I just don't know one. I would wonder. I mean, the, the Gloucester PD has shown real progressivism, basically because they had an out of control heroin mm -hmm. epidemic. Okay, I don't know, given the BPD's attitude towards everything in general, if it would be difficult for you to even get them to implement that type of program. Listen, I understand that nothing here is easy. Mm -hmm. There's always a solution, and I'm very comfortable playing the dark course. Yes, I can tell you unquestionably I support helping people and not charging them. If, listen, I'm talking about triaging people after they've been charged and finding alternative ways of treating them. Mm -hmm. If someone comes proactively and says, help me, <laughs> there's no way... Yeah. That I would, you know, listen. I'm it, not saying you. I'm just saying getting the law enforcement to. Well, listen, as as district attorney, I'll have the ability to say, hey, this is the way we're doing it. Okay. Get in line. All right. That's that's what I was trying. That's basically what I was trying to drag out of you. <laughs> saying, yeah. Good question. Yeah. You know, like I said, I'm not familiar with it, but I will be by tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure you will. <laughs> Perfect. We're the Young Jerks. We're speaking to uh, Michael Maloney, Maloney yeah. who's running for... Uh, District Attorney of Suffolk County. He also, uh, you say you're an old part owner of Canicare Doctors? I what was. was your... uh, we sold it in December. That's right. You yeah. sold it, and you're uh, an attorney, a district. Uh, I still represent. Criminal... I still represent Canicare. I'm a criminal defense attorney, and I also own CBD Thera. Thank you. Thank Get you. It all in quickly, better than me. <laughs> I'm stumbling today. It's hot in here. 
It is hot in Wait, here. Wait, do you plan on... Do, uh, is there any any debates going to be happening with you involved? Again, I was invited to the first two, and then they subsequently said, you know what? You're not a, a Democrat. You're not a Democrat. You're disinvited. No, I mean, as an independent, can you call for a debate with the with the Democratic candidates? I, I certainly can, but again, I just received confirmation that I was... Uh, I'm 100% in. I got that 24 hours ago. Okay. You know, what, so, if, yeah. what if we try to get Evandro uh, back in and we'll surprise him? <laughs> no, no, I mean, because sometimes like that's the only way we can do it. Sometimes I swear to God, some of the stuff that goes on behind the scenes on the booking of the show, who will come in and who won't come in, and I'm afraid he's going to steamroll over anybody. I mean, his energy is oh, his energy is good. Uh, <laughs> I'm ready to win. I'm, I'm, yeah, I mean, he's also a defense attorney, so right. Oh, I, mean, I can imagine. Oh, it's uh, he must I, be a pit bull. <laughs> I listen. I, I really enjoy the job. I really enjoy Wait, the job. What, what say? Let me just ask you. What say? What courthouse do you would you? Well, I have, a, I have a very very busy private practice. So I actually uh, impanel. Um, you know, I, I, I just say where do you spend most of your time? I, I tell you, five days a week. I'm in different courts, except for when I'm on serious trials, which will actually be next week. Okay. So yeah, you know, I'm in the North Shore. I'm out in Springfield, Worcester, uh, Bristol. My office, my primary. I've actually an office on Devonshire Street in downtown. Okay. But it, you know, truth be told, it's like this little office. I, I'm not really. It's not a big one. It's a. It's a phone booth. Right? Uh, it's bigger than that. You know, it's got a, it's got like a little conference yeah, yeah, table. Yeah. But I have a. But it looks good on a Devonshire, business card. Yeah. Yeah. Devonshire Street. That's like yeah. Fidelity area. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah that's where I used to work. Yeah. Like finance. Yeah. I don't have any false expectations about that. You know, it's a, it's a box that I can use with a conference table if needed. Okay. I have yeah. a really kind of. Badass office in Brockton. It's a renovated basketball court, 35 feet ceilings tall. You know, it's it's a lot of fun. My entire team. So actually, the CBD therapy team works out of there. Uh, the Maloney Law team works out of there. I mean, it's a lot of offices within a single basketball court. You know, um, and then actually, you know, Kenny cares occasionally. We've hosted some meetings there as well. And actually, we just had the unofficial kickoff prior to receiving confirmation that I'm in the uh, campaign on Thursday night. Awesome. So you know, there's a lot going on there. It's a lot of fun. It's Busy a lot of fun. week. I used to live in uh, South Montello on, in Brockton for a very short time. Oh, yeah? Do you know where that is? I do. Yeah. I do. I've had a couple of cases that stem from there. I bet. <laughs> oh, yeah. We saw some stuff. We were uh, student teachers uh, going to Bridgewater State College, and uh, we decided to rent out a house over there, and it was quite the... It was a nice house, but quite the scene around in that yeah. area. Oh, yeah. my God. Pretty funny. A lot of stuff back there. Yes, Brockton's a nice town. <laughs> I don't know if it's changed. <laughs> Sorry, Has it? Is it still wild down there? Oh, it's a rough hood. Yeah, yeah, my office is really in the belly of the beast. Are they you still know? selling cocaine out of windows on the main street as you drive by? I mean, that's how bad it was back then. Yeah, I it was a defense. I, the nineties, early nineties were pretty crazy. There's, there's a lot of uh, you know challenging situations going on right outside my office window. I mean, I right. throw business cards it? out the window. Still, yeah. uh, all the time. I still yeah. say it's the only place I've seen a dispensary that has three armed guards. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> three. You know, oh, yeah, in good health. Three right. armed guards. But they'll actually let my dog into that dispensary as yeah. well, so they're still okay. <laughs> oh, no, no, I, no, I like it. I like it. I'm glad they got over there with their initial uh, problems. They had a lot of problems the first year. They were over yeah, there. well, you know, it's a tough industry. And again, yeah. no one was playing ball with the industry for a long time. No banks, no credit cards, no anything. People think it's, you know, I get calls now. Like, hey, I, I want to get into the cannabis industry. Everyone does that, I'm like, right? come on, you and your mother, you know, at right? this point. Come Everyone on. Have you, I was going to ask, have you heard about this Healthy Farms uh, lawsuit over in uh, Cambridge? Oh, yeah. No, I'm not familiar with this one. Okay. Yeah, what do we got? Healthy Farms uh, is a dispensary out of Georgetown. They uh, have a... Uh, a landlord uh, they have an door. outlet. They have an outlet in, in Harvard Square. Yeah. Okay. And right next door is the Cambridge Side Galleria. And the owner of the Galleria is suing them. 
because he says that the, his his business is affected by the smell of marijuana. That his okay. rents going down, and his rents are going down. Meanwhile, that, that his uh, business isn't his property isn't worth as much. The dispensary is sandwiched in between Shake Shack and Charlie's Kitchen, so it smells like hamburger, burning hamburger all day yeah. long. Okay. And meanwhile, the on real, one side of marijuana, wait, no, on the other. Yeah. No, but the real <laughs> and, the, and the real issue with Harvard Square is the rents have gone through the roof, but the business hasn't because what happened is Alewife. Mm-hmm. Once they built Alewife, a lot of the people that used to, their last stop used to be Harvard Square. They would park their cars at Harvard Square and walk through, maybe get a burger on the way home, and then drive home. Now they're parked at Alewife. Yeah. So people aren't, not as many people go through Harvard Square. That's the real problem for Harvard Square. But this guy wants to blame it on cannabis. But, <laughs> what, no, but the real meat of the suit. The he's real got a Rico. Yeah, yeah he's got the real re- meat of the suit is the Rico. He's, got a, okay. he's going to federal Central court. Because Bank is keeping a real eye on it. With a Rico statute to go after. Century Bank, you mean? No. No, no, after Healthy Farms. He, because he's going they, after Healthy Farms with a Rico statute on the federal. Uh, and they're also going after the, like the... DPH and everyone involved. Uh, you know, and Century Bank. Do you think they have a shot? Well, Century Bank was actually the premier bank that started playing ball yeah. with the cannabis players exactly. way yeah, back are, when. Are they going after Century Bank? Yeah, that's why, that's why said, Century Bank is Century, keeping an eye on it. When yeah. you said Century, and I was kind of like, oh, that's, that's yep. kind of. Listen, I see where they're coming from, but come on. You know, everyone. You know, listen. You settle when you get sued the first time, then everyone comes after you. They, I don't. I don't see much there. Although there was a, I think that replicates a, a fact pattern. I remember in law school, there was this big sriracha factory in a, you know, part. I think it was. Eastern California, and the Sriracha factory was just making this, you know, over-the-top smell. smell, but it was bringing, you know, it had some collateral benefits as well. Anyway, um, no, I don't think that one's going to go anywhere. Same okay. thing as the Sriracha one. <laughs> good, good, good. I like the smell good. of Sriracha. I love the smell. I put that on my rice every oh, day. Oh, yeah. Well, I like healthy farms. I don't want to I like healthy farms. <laughs> I was just there today. Yeah, I was too. <laughs> very nice. You know the... the, the, the the, the staff's names, I don't even know. I, they're very nice. I wish uh, I knew their names. No, they, they change constantly. They do. I, I, I don't go in that often. I'm, right. I'm still loyal to I've Sarah. had the same person every time. I don't even know their name. I'm so bad. <laughs> they're very nice over They just know me as the guy with the dog. They love you. the guy with the dog. You're the guy with the dog, too? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I take her everywhere. <laughs> same here. I wanted yeah. to bring her here. Oh, she would have came today, except the stairs are just too much. It's too hot. <laughs> we're the Young Jerks. We're every Saturday at 6 p.m. Uh, Mike Crawford right here. I'm the host. i got Brian Riccio, my my, uh, what do we call you? The sidekick, you call me. No, not sidekick. <laughs> I, mean, I, I like Kingsley. the Italian Godfather. No, 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 no. no. That was Tashanda. No, that's Tashanda. Use that. That was not, good. No, that's, the, that's, yo, you, so you're not. Between wait, me wait, and wait, 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 wait. So you're not my Italian Godfather. <laughs> you're just for Tashanda. That's right. For me, you're my Italian. What are you? I don't know. My boy? My Italian does the, boy? Why does the Italian have to come into it? I, I, mean, I don't even know what you are. You're Scottish, right? I'm Irish. Irish, Irish Catholic, okay. yeah. Irish. Well, I'm half Irish, so I'm not Irish. I'm American. I'm Irish American. You can call me Mutt, like uh, what's his name? Yeah, call then, me Mutt. Uh, what you call it? What's that? I'm good. What am I? Stupid I sports show. I like to be punched. <laughs> stupid <laughs> sports show you listen to. What's what, that guy WWE? in the morning? WWE wrestling. Yeah, yeah, Mutt. No, what's that guy? Mutt. Oh, W E I. Yeah, Mutt in the morning or whatever. <laughs> Mutt. Yeah. Kurt, you you're listening now. You know who Mutt Manansky. I don't listen. Is. No, I just know that from Twitter. From Mutt Manansky. He's kind of a nitwit. They're all nitwits. He got busted for OUI, by the way. Ugh. Going to uh, they, you know what? And they predicted it on the show. Wow. Like they were like, "Oh yeah, he's going to the races." Wait, who in we Saratoga. Talking about here? We're <laughs> talking to WEI. He didn't get fired actually, but they, they on the show they predicted, "Oh, you're gonna get, look it up. You're gonna drive back." And then he, that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. You don't listen, do you, Michael? To, to WEI in the morning. <laughs> he, he does the uh, I, I will start for the Red Sox. Oh no, no, you don't. No, no, no. He's, no, 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 no. he's like a part-time guy, but he's pretty. He's got a slick voice, but he's like too nice. Like he's got no leverage, like Kirk Minahan. Uh, I, oh, I listen to them all. I hate them all, but I listen to them. Uh, we're the young jerks again. 
Mike Crawford here with Riccio, Brian Riccio, subject, and our host, I mean our guest, Michael uh, Maloney. I want to thank you for coming in, running for uh, district attorney of Suffolk County. People can check it out again. The website is D D A Suffolk County. Guys, thank you very so much. So it's just for your time. Wait, it's just you now, Michael. Or do you have a staff or? Uh... Yeah, so we had it. Like I said on the a Thursday evening kickoff meeting, we had 18 people show up, and another 15 that expressed yeah that really wanted to come. So. Again, I'm brand new to the campaign. I'm just um, wondering what your social media uh, is so far, other than just the website. Uh, well, we have a Facebook, which okay. we just kicked off. Mm -hmm. We'll also have a LinkedIn, which should be live now. Twitter, Instagram, and all it's that It's all stuff. coming. Again, okay. I'm, I'm very comfortable playing the dark horse. I came in a little bit late, but yep. here I am. Oh, no, I, I, I think it's great. Yeah. I think it's great it's that, great. You, that you, you, you went up against the, you're going up against the field of Democrats. I, I think there's, what, five now? There are five. Five. You versus five Democrats in a, in a, a de heavily Democrat district, okay? They better bring the Ray game. Well, that's just it, okay? Because, I, I mean, I can see you in court against the, you know, a lily-livered prosecutor. <laughs> <laughs> you got to know what hit them, okay? I mean, I mean, I've seen guys like you in court, and, you know, you, you're obviously formidable. And, you know, next time I get pinched, if I ever get pinched, I'll be, yeah, sure, I know. I'll be sure to <laughs> well, call you, yeah. okay? <laughs> uh, you know what I want to know, too, about your rates? Because uh, I, I get, I always, I don't know. People always hit me up. I need help. I need a lawyer. Yeah, you're sliding scale, Mike. <laughs> you're sliding scale. It's always like, I, I usually scale. send on this guy, a couple guys I know. And, I, I and have a friend in family benefit discount. It's too expensive. Okay. They always tell me. Yeah. A couple of them. So. Yeah. 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 How's your pro bono cred? Come on. Yeah. You know, I don't do too many pro bonos. Although, okay. you know, I kind of, I try to do sliding once scale, a year. Like that, but, though. you know, it's a... Uh, it's a busy, it's a busy, busy practice. That's for sure. It's a busy practice. Well, it's does, not just that. It just sounds like you have your fingers in so many pies. You know, I enjoy it. You know, I think actually having the the different background and kind of playing ball on the business side, it kind of feed. You know, you can relate to people a little bit differently. You know, and plus, I just, I told you before, the adrenaline from the trials is a little bit different now. You know, I, I look at business as a sport, and I'm really fired up about it. You know, really fired up. Since we sold Canicare, there's just so many other opportunities that have opened up. Kevin Kafka, who I know you have had on this program a number of times, uh, he was an incredible business partner. I, I learned a great amount from him, and truthfully, I mean, he's just, he and his family, you know, uh, they're, Good I people. consider them friends for life, yeah. So did you make enough to self-finance your campaign? Uh, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a good day. <laughs> I'm sure it was. I'll be okay in the campaign. But listen, you know, it's, I, I really need some support because I, it's the Democratic machine. Oh, yeah. You know? And yeah. It's, uh, it's me. Like I said, I'm very comfortable playing the dark course. But DA Suffolk County, I, uh, I'm asking for your support. I'm asking for your listener support. And again, thank you for having me. Thank you. Will you come on again? I absolutely am. Awesome. So we'll, we'll, try, to get, uh, we'll try to get some of the kids. I think we should try to host a debate here. As many oh, of them we can. Yeah. We'll invite them all. Uh, we have you, to get uh, I'll tell you what. <laughs> yeah, what we'll try to do is we'll try right, to invite Tom? as many of them as we can. And if they don't show up, they don't show up. You'll show up. And you'll make your statement. How's that sound? I love it. Let's do that. Let's invite them all. That's amazing. Let's do that. Well, well we got Monica Cannon in here, too. She can, because she's already she endorsed moderate. one of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she's endorsed one of your opponents already, but I'm sorry, she's a show this? after. Monica Cannon Grant. She's, she's a, a local activist. Yeah, she's a local she activist. I'm not sure, actually. I think it was the female. One yes, of the female. One of the females. Because so. she had them both. She had two on in her yeah. show. Yeah. Linda, or, uh, Linda or Rachel? Yeah, I yeah. think it was Rachel. Rachel, okay. Rachel yeah. I believe it was, yeah. So we, we need to have them on, too, as well. But uh, it's exciting to have you on. Uh, I'm glad you came on, Michael Maloney. Uh, and we can try to get you on that show as well. But, you know, you've you got to be careful on uh, Monica's show. It's a little, it's a little more, uh, how do you say, Brian, without getting me in trouble? She takes no prisoners. There we go. She calls herself <laughs> and she the, does not suffer she calls herself the okay. She decided to be a professional rock thrower. 
which Profession- I love. <laughs> you know, and she's she's I think she's, she's the, a shit star. She's the uh, right. niece right. of Tito Jackson, and she you know says Tito's the 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 good guy and the and the, and the says things in the right way, and I and I professionally throw rocks. That's what she does. So hey, you know what? It's good to get your. Uh, have you Teeth met Tito yet, Michael? I haven't. No. Oh, yeah, you gotta start getting out there to these things. Oh, listen, I'm Pressing coming out flash. Yeah, That's you right. know, get out there, and get you on the I don't know the the channel two with Adam Riley. Okay, you know, okay, ask one of those okay, shows. okay. Right? No, yeah. no way. Give me. Oh, he's he's gonna, gonna make the rounds. He's gonna start doing Dan Ray. I'm uh, 26 hours into the campaign yeah. right now, so I gotta. Yeah. He came right. to the most important place. First. That's right, oh, my man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it only goes up from here, believe it me. Does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you bastard. Okay, 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 okay. You know, I only do that when I'm really, really. Yeah, you do it a lot here. Okay. Medicated. Yeah, you're really okay. okay, okay. <laughs> well, what do you want? Uh, so uh, it's funny we have a uh, registered nurse who is uh, Cheryl commenting, saying that she really likes the pre rolls from uh, Healthy Farms. That's what I got I today. That. I, love I got that. that's what I got today. I, I never knew that uh, uh, Cheryl was a cannabis medical so cannabis user. Michael, so recently when she outed herself. Oh yeah, I love yeah, it. Yeah, and I would definitely trust her as an RN. She's breaking the stigma. I love her. Oh, she, she's she's you know, amazing. Know she gives information as much as possible to people right. on on the internet. She's, she's awesome. She's really doing the thing. Michael, what do you use? What, you, uh, you so you you say you're a patient here? In, in yeah, yeah. Season? I stay away from Intica. I don't like the way it makes me feel. I'm a huge hard hard sativa, sativa. fan. Gee, yeah. there's a shock. Yeah, I, listen, I'm uh, I love the high energy. You know, even yeah. the hybrids, I kind of stay away from. I like the hybrids. That's what. Yeah. I like yeah. them both, I guess. Yeah, Dude, listen. I'm, I'm falling asleep just looking at him. <laughs> You're tired from watching just him? just watching him. Okay? You don't get it? Yeah, you know, cause, you know, he works too hard. Right? Slow. You're like one of those union guys I used to work with when I was a young 27-year-old. Exactly. Deliver beer. Hey, you're working too fast. Slow hey, down. Kids, you're making slow us look down. bad. You're making us all look you're bad. Making us look fit. There's plenty of work to go around, kid. You know, okay? We, you're supposed to milk it, man. Yeah. All right. Hey, you only get half the job, you so what about you? Are you talking indica or sativa here? I'm an indica man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I, really? if I'm not, I'm like you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm just like you, and that's not. Yeah, no, okay. Okay. That's, okay. Fair. Okay. Fair. Everyone's okay. got a uh, okay? strand. Okay. I'm a hybrid dude. Mostly. <laughs> <laughs> I like it all. I mean, sometimes I get the sativa and the indica, and I just mix it together. Like, Going one, two, three oh, across the spectrum. Here. Everything. Give me a little CBD stuff too. I like that. Like. So that. Michael, give us a little personal background. Where are you from? I grew up in Plainville. No, no one ever knew of the town before the casino yep. came into town. But uh, I grew up there. Uh, I briefly, I spent some time in uh, New York City during my twenties. I actually started a marketing company in my twenties. Uh, that prior to you know the financial crisis of two thousand eight, two thousand nine, that set me backwards there. Uh, then you know I actually went to law school. I graduated New England School of Law downtown New England Law now, yep. uh, class of two thousand six. I opened up my own practice. I never did the corporate thing. The idea. Kind of repulses me. Wait, so you came right out and went into private practice? Hung up my own shingle. How hard was it? How hard was it? It was really challenging. So I did a lot of appointed cases for the first few years. Uh, You know, it was part of the Bar Advocate Program, which is what they call it here, CPCS. It's actually a great entity in downtown Boston. I got to say, I'm licensed in four states now. Uh, New York, New Mexico, Nebraska, and Massachusetts. And again, I've been to a lot of conferences around the country and pretty, you know, programs designed for criminal defense attorneys. And Massachusetts really has a bang-up program. Yeah, I'm not pretending there aren't their own issues, but the, the way the program, the criminal defense program as a whole, is dealt with in Massachusetts, it's really bang-up. Awesome. It's really a solid opportunity. So anyway, I did that for uh, a number of years until the private practice uh, got to the point where it's 
you know, grow self-sustaining is an understatement. It's growing significantly. Yeah. Now, if, if you're elected as district attorney, I'm fairly sure. I like sure. to say when. When you're elected, okay, we'll say when. That's when you're elected as district attorney or DA, which is easier for me to say. <laughs> so when you're elected as DA, would you be that? You'll be the first one, basically, that's not reefer mad. Because, like, all the DAs historically have been against cannabis. Am I correct on that? Are there any DAs right now in the state that are kind of like have a reasonable viewpoint like you do on it? Uh, not that I'm aware of, no. And I'm, I'm very active in the, in, in the community, in the state. So, I, you know, listen, I don't want to speak on anyone's behalf, but I don't think so. In fact, I'm pretty confident. And that's, that's why this is important. I mean, this is boston where it should be that way honestly like if anywhere is going to be bucking the trend it should be boston cambridge you know this area here well listen what if it can tell you this i won't be celebrating with a glass of champagne i'll be celebrating with a sativa you know, yeah how about that i mean you know, people listening this is, this is a campaign to support think about that like you know why how important that is to have and this is the capital the center of you know the center of the state if we have that big of a switch from what we had in the past like the campaign Every single time, decrim, medical, legal. Who was the campaign against it? It was the DAs. They were they were putting their were own pushing. money. They they weren't just like using their office and using their time. They was they were taking money out of their own pockets to campaign against mm-hmm. all these initiatives. So yeah, that's not going to happen anymore. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just going to give you a round of applause for running. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just giving us another candidate. I, I wish you the best of luck. And uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, uh, thank you for coming today, Michael. Thank you very much. Yes, Good gentlemen. luck. Thank you very much. I appreciate much. your time. And, uh, I'm definitely supporting this campaign. Oh, that's, yeah. That's obvious, I think. We all know that right now. Thank you so much. So uh, oh, thank you for coming in. And uh, I think that's it. I mean, do we have anything else we want to talk about this week? No. No. You won't be mad if we wrap it up early, right, Tom? Not at all. No. We're good. Is uh, Tommy, thank you. Is Violence in no, Boston coming in tonight? Uh, no, they're off. Tonight. Oh, they're off. Yeah, Monica's... Uh, Doctor's orders. Monica's staying in. What about Calvin? Be, uh, he went to the convention. He's doing, doing a rerun tonight. No, he went to the convention. Uh, ah, the Democratic convention. Oh, right. yeah, yeah. Calvin Host and there. co-host are both out. Okay. So we'll, get a, ducking, we'll get a rerun going. Ducking here. Warren. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what you're talking about. No, I mean, Warren. he's hiding from Warren Lynch <laughs> at the convention, probably. <laughs> oh, boy. Too many inside jokes going. Well, we're going to take a break. We should have gotten... You know what we should have done is... Uh, like made Warren like paid I don't know we should uh, we'll talk about it later there's a few things we could have done <laughs> <laughs> we I don't know we, we sometimes we just make each other laugh exactly. like we, exactly. we're like go oh, we gotta go now because uh, it's just about us now six one seven nine zero three seven four six four it's the phone number I don't know what we get more people responding on Facebook now it's like people are too lazy or they don't know how to make a phone call anymore. Call in once in a while. Put it in your phone. Ever since we moved to this new studio, I think people don't have it in their phone book. So put it in your phone book for next week. 617-903-7464. And uh, give us a call. And, and, you know, next week, I think we're going to come up with some, like, you know, things to give away. If we get some good phone calls. We got we got new T-shirts, WEMF Radio and the Young Jerks. We'll throw in both. Uh, I also want to mention before we leave, EMF, big things happening. Uh, they're having a big protest. Next weekend, everybody go. They got a lot of pre- press on this. You know, the EMF building where we used to be, they're evicting all the artists that are still there, the, the remaining 200. And it's ridiculous. And the guy who's evicting them is the president of the association that's holding this festival. Harvard Square Harvard Business. Square Business Association. Yep. And they're not paying the musicians performing. 
So the you know the local community is going to show up. They're going to hand out some literature, and they're going to do a little protest because it's absolutely ridiculous the way uh, this gentleman, this landlord, this John D. Carlo, whatever no, his name is, John D. D. Giovanni yeah. of Belmont, Massachusetts. He's really just a prick. He I is. Mean, totally I, I mean, as simple as I can say, he's a prick. You couldn't even meet the people that you were evicting. You couldn't even talk to Ruby Rose Fox. With all the money that we know you're going to make on this project, you couldn't offer to move her grand piano that you told. Well, you uh, just answered that question yeah. because he's making all this money. He's a prick. Like yeah, he's a prick. Oh, he's and, a coward. And, 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 no, he's and not only like you know, I have nothing against people making money, but the way this has been handled and done, and and the way that they've come back and tried to attack the artists. I, I encourage everyone to show up in that protest. Uh, and uh, I'm not the only one. Rep Mike Conley <laughs> yeah. has come out. Big Mike. And he's encouraging. I think you're going to see Rep Mike Conley there. And, and uh, Mark McGovern. Yeah, maybe Mark McGovern, too, city oh, councilor. Yeah. Some yeah. of our friends yeah. the, in politics who were elected officials, they're supporting the artists, too. So uh, I would definitely attend. A, is that Sunday? Is that tomorrow? When Saturday. Is it? It's, oh, next Saturday. Yeah, next Saturday. Maybe. Next Saturday. So yeah. check that out. They have a Facebook page. Facebook group for it. I'm on it. Just check it out. Look it up. Uh, what is it called? Save EMF? Mm-hmm. Check it out. We definitely in support. Uh, we'll see you next week. Next week, we're going to get into uh, more in medical cannabis. We're going to have uh, Ed from Newburyport, who is, uh just got a city approval up in Newburyport for his new business in cannabis, uh, River Run. So it's going to be very cool to see uh, where I'm from, up on, up on the North Shore. They're moving forward with cannabis. We're going to have one of the first people who's going to get the go-ahead to open up at Newburyport on the show next week. And we're also going to have uh, some folks from uh, South Shore Cape Cod talking about how hard it is to try to open down there as well and uh, the opposition they're facing. So it'll be a big show next week as well. Uh, We'll see you then, 6 p.m. here in WEMF Radio on our Facebook Live, The Young Jerks. I'm Mike Crawford, Ryan Riccio. That's me. And, uh, again, I want to thank Michael Maloney for... Yes. Thank you again, gentlemen. Great being here. And uh, thank Tom behind the board. Yes, Tom. Thank you, Tom. Best. Thank you, EMF Radio. We'll see you next week. Need a medical marijuana recommendation like I did? Do what I did. CanacareDocs.com. Compassionate, compliant, and confidential. Go where I went, my can, to get my medical recommendation in Massachusetts. CanacareDocs.com. If you're suffering like I am from back pain, or maybe you have MS, post-traumatic stress, seizures, AIDS, cancer, glaucoma. If you're suffering from pain like I am daily, call CanacareDocs.com. It's a much safer way to go. No opiates. You want medical legal cannabis? CanacareDocs.com. Convenient, nine Massachusetts locations, Peabody, Quincy, Waltham, Brockton, Stoughton, South Dennis, Cape Cod, Fall River, and Worcester. Also, I forgot, Seekonk, also in the states of Delaware, Connecticut, Rhode Island, Maine, and coming soon to New Hampshire and New York, it's CanacareDocs.com. Get your medical recommendation, get legal, CanacareDocs.com.